Welcome to the Power of the Cross with special guest minister, Lauren Larson. Genesis chapter 15. I've come to encourage you tonight to let you know that God is good all the time. He is good all the time. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done for us. And we thank you, Lord, for all you're about to do in our hearts and our lives. Take this word, Father, make it real to us. Take this word and make it ours, Lord. Not just the story of Abram and what you've done for him, but the story that you've created in our lives. Father, tonight, let it come alive. Let it be real. And let, we ca- let us catch the vision of what you can do for us. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. I won't try to hide thunder from you. Where I'm headed is here. God wants to give us three things, and we'll find them in this text. Peace, protection, and provision. Peace, protection, and provision. In the text, we're going to see how God provides that. But one of the things that I want to say to you as we begin, and I put myself not above these processes, believe you me, I'm living them just like you are. And so we're trying to understand and grasp some truths from the Scripture to help us move through the difficult times that we face. And one of the mistakes that we make, one of the big problems that we have is that we look at some of the big names in the Bible and we think, man, they had it so good. They had it so easy. Uh, God just worked for them and labored for them and boy, there they were and God did everything for them. And we forget that the men, even our heroes and the women, even our heroes in the Bible were human beings just like you and I. Uh, For example, we can look at, uh, well, let me just say this before I look at an example, but the, the whole the whole process, all, every human being has the same basic makeup and in their minds and their hearts and their bodies and all that. It, it all works the same. So the Bible greats were, were great, not because they were great, but because God brought them through uh, and taught them faith. So it wasn't that they were great. It's that God made them great through faith. God taught them to believe. And so if you want to be a great woman or man of God, then we have to learn to operate by faith. James chapter 5 says this, and you'll recognize it, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we say, oh, yes, amen. But that man that James was talking about is Elijah. And Elijah prayed. He was a man, listen, in verse 17 of chapter 5, Elijah was a man subject to passions like as we are. Man, see, emotionally and physically, he's not Superman. There are no supermen. There's just people that God brings to a place of faith and dependence. And when we depend on him, he'll do great and mighty things on our behalf. Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain. He told a, a, a man that wanted to kill him, the king, that it's not going to rain till I say so. Yeah. And then he ran and hid for three and a half years. No, I, and, he, and, and we know 
the story of Elijah. He comes up on the Mount Carmel and he faces 850 prophets and he wins a marvelous battle for the kingdom. He gets up on the mountain and yells, I think I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. And he runs down off Mount Carmel and passes Ahab's chariot. I mean, this dude is flying. He's got power and we look at him and we say, oh, he's just like me. Yeah, just like you. Because the next day, Jezebel knocked on his door and said, you've killed my prophets, now I'm going to kill you. And the man that won the great victory the day before started running from the woman. That didn't even show up at his door, just threatened him. The man lost his faith over a threat. Now, before we start going, hmm, let's take a look at us. Most of the things that we worry about are just threats. Excuse me just a minute. Amen, Brother Larson. Preach on, brother. If you don't amen me, I'll just have to amen myself. Most of the things that we get anxious about, most of the things that we are worried about, are battles that go on in our own minds. And to be honest with you, if Jezebel could have killed Elijah, she would have done it. But all she could do was threaten and immediately off he goes. So he's a man like us of all the Bible greats. So what about Abraham in this text? Let's look at our text and just start to dissect it a little bit. Our text is just one verse, but it says, after these things. Can I tell you that at this point in his life, Abraham is not a novice? He's been through some things. He's experienced some things. After these things, well, what was it that he had experienced? Well, first of all, he received that wonderful, marvelous word from God, in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Yeah. And when Abram heard that, he realized that the promise of Genesis 3.15 was to be accomplished through his lineage. For centuries they had waited and waited and waited for the promise that God gave in the garden that said that the seed of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent. But the seed of the woman hadn't come forward yet. But men believed that through the line of Seth, the Redeemer would come. And Abraham was in the line of Seth. And even though he was a idol worshiper, and he was a man that in fact belonged to a family that made idols... His, his grandfather and his father, the scripture records, were idol makers. When he received the word from God, he got up and he left that community. He goes to uh, Haran where he lives for a period of time until his father passes away. And then he goes to a land that he has never seen, led by God. That's pretty adventurous. Abraham is not a novice. Uh, He gets into the land of promise, into the land of Canaan, and there's a famine. And right away, that first test, he runs on down to Egypt. And when he gets close to uh, Pharaoh's house, he looks over at his wife, who is absolutely beautiful, and says, Honey, tell him you're my sister. Yeah. Tell them, because, because if, you, you know, if, you, if you tell them that you're my wife, they'll kill me and take you anyway. <laughs> so Abraham, being so worried about his wife, not. He was worried about himself. Come on, these like passions. And he goes through that. But you know, God provided for him anyway. Yeah. 
Even though he did the wrong thing, God made sure that Sarah was protected and brought him back up to the place where he needed to be. Then he has the argument with Lot. His, his nephew, the one there, not his, it's his, it's, it is his nephew, yes. The one he was raising because his father, or his father, Lot's father died. He was raising him as his own son. And so there's an argument and they split. You know the story. And Lot goes to Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah is overrun by a, a group of five kings. Or four kings, I forget. And Abram goes to that battle with 300 servants that usually take care of the sheep and whips up on four kings, perhaps five. God gives him a great, great victory. So here's my point. Abraham is not a novice in Genesis 15. He's been through some things. Can I say this to you tonight? If, as I look you over, I don't think I'm looking at a bunch of novices. I think you've been through some things. I think you've learned how to rely upon God in one thing or another. Perhaps uh, there's been a time where God seemed to have been distant, but then he came through for you. Can anybody testify? Thank you for listening to The Power of the Cross. We pray this message is a blessing to you. You can access our sermons at GrenadaChurch.com. We also ask you for your financial support in helping us reach the world with the gospel. You can donate to our ministry by secure means at GrenadaChurch.com and click Donate. Now, back to the message. Can anybody testify that the anchor still held for you? That the anchor still holds? You're not a novice, ladies and gentlemen. You're not brand new to this whole process. But the problem with Abraham is that there was a promise made that hadn't come to pass yet. And that was that he would be the father of many nations and that he would bring, that from his loins would bring uh, uh, someone who would either be the redeemer or would be the line that produced the redeemer that was promised all the way back to Genesis 3.15. And thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. But the promise promise that God made to Abraham had not come to pass. Anybody in the house waiting on a promise? Anybody in the house waiting on a promise? Hey, you're not a novice. God gave you a wonderful promise that is specific to you. Just like he made a specific promise to Abraham. And so in this text, when we find it, after these things means after the promise, after he's had a little experience. Anybody in the house have any experience with going through the fire and not being burned? Anybody in the house have an experience of going through the water and yet not being drowned? Anybody ever seen an impossibility made into possible because you have a God that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask and think? If that's the case, and you're here tonight and you're not a novice and that promise that God has made you, guess what? He hasn't forgotten it. He hasn't given up on it because God never, listen to me, he never, I'm going to say it again, he never changes his mind about what he says he's going to do. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. We can blow it, God won't eliminate it. If we'll come back to him the way we need to, if we'll come in repentance to him and ask for forgiveness, if we've missed it, even like Abraham, even like David, God won't throw us away. Come on, son. So I I say to you, go ahead, give him praise. He's worthy. 
So even after all that we've been through as believers, I got saved almost 35 years ago. I was a drunk. I was a drug addict. I can stand up here and tell you story after story after story of what God brought me through and what God has done. And it's not, it would be like a storybook. Sometimes in the Bible college, I'll sit for the whole class and, and tell the kids what I've been through because the things that you go through are your story, but it's not just your story. The things you've been through are part of God's story. They're faith. They show God's faithfulness. They show God's ability. And I've come tonight to encourage you to continue. You're not a novice to continue on in the promises that God has given you. Lighthouse Church, there's a building out there next year. I expect to be preaching in it if they'll ever ask me up. But there's a promise it there. And it's sometimes, you know, it looks like there's a delay. And how in the world will we ever get in it? Well, I got good news for you. God hasn't forgotten it from the day that he told you to build it. Now, it hasn't come together the way you thought it might, Pastor, but it's coming together because God gave it to you. God gave the word, and God still comes through with wood last year, I heard, uh, and then insulation this year. Listen, it won't be long till you're running in that place, and you'll wonder, why did I ever doubt? But until we get there, Until we get there, the battle looks big, and we are like passioned people, like Elijah, like Abram. And so the word to Abram is very important. First of all, the Bible says that after all these things, Abraham is not a novice, neither are you. God will encourage us, number two, by his word. Look at this. The word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. Now, can I make this very, very plain? If you're a Christian, you need to be a Bible reader. In fact, the Bible reader ought to be something that's more uh, readily accessed than your Netflix account or the Disney channel or your favorite sports channel. Uh, Excuse me just a minute. Amen, brother. Because the word of the Lord has to be something that we live by. The Bible teaches us, and Jesus said it, man shall not live by bread alone. That's earthly. That's, we need that bread to have our bodies work. We get it. Uh, but at the same point, he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The Bible is God's word to you. And number two, you as a born-again believer, the beauty of the new covenant, we're going to talk about it tomorrow, the beauty of the new covenant is that Every born-again believer has the presence of the Holy Spirit in his power and his revealing ability living on the inside of you. You can't even understand this Bible if you're not saved. I mean, you you can go through the processes of education, but to make it come alive, you have to have the revealer on the inside of you. And I can tell you that if you want God to speak to you, you're going to give God a great advantage in your life when you stay in the word. Uh, and now I'm going to preach some old, old-fashioned old preaching here. You ought to have a time frame every day where you open up the Bible and just read it. I'm not saying study for messages or studying for ministry. You just read it. You let the word of God begin to saturate your heart and your mind. Uh, I try to do this every morning uh, when I'm home and I'm, I'm in my normal routines. Every morning I'm getting up early before the program uh, at SBN. I 
generally get up about 4.30. I'd, I'd rather it be 6.30, but uh, I got to be at the station at 6.30, so uh, it's 4.30, and I spend time in prayer, and then I open up the Word, and I get to that Word every morning with this thought in mind, God, through your Word, guide me today. Show me what I need to know. Tell me what I need to grasp. Show me what I don't understand. Show me about myself. Show me about my situation. Because God speaks to us through his word. Again, to Abraham, what did he do? The word of the Lord came unto Abram. They didn't have this available to them. They didn't. They had to have a seer or they had to have a direct vision. And that's how God spoke with people in the Old Covenant because they did not have what you have. Do you realize that because of the cross of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? Men under the Old Covenant couldn't even go to heaven. They went to Abraham's bosom, which is, excuse me for saying it, but it's a section of hell. Because their sins were not taken away, they were only covered. The Holy Spirit could be around them, but the Holy Spirit could not be in them. But you, as a born-again believer, you have an anointing that no man needs to teach you. He can lead you. He can guide you. He can proclaim to you. God will speak to you. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They hear me. They know me. They follow me. So are you developing that ability? Ability to understand when it's God and when it's not. Well, Bible reading will help you with the literal word as you learn about God, then you'll be better off to you'll be better able to identify what's not God. Anybody ever have an idea that's not God? Besides me, right. And we identified it because it was contrary to the written word. And the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is also a guide. He wants to speak to you, both the living word and the written word. He wants to guide you every day. But again, I think that most of the major decisions in my life, for most of the pathways of my life that I find myself on, are directly related to that Bible study time frame. I don't, I don't try to get ready for messages. I don't try to uh, figure out what I'm teaching in classes. I'm not preparing for anything. I'm just sitting down and reading the Word. Well, how much do you read? Well, as much as I have time for and as much as I comprehend. What do you mean by that? I don't put one chapter, two chapter, three chapters on me because some days I get there and I'm there eating my Cheerios and raisins and I'm trying to read and I read a paragraph and I realize all of a sudden that my mind was wandering here and there and I didn't get anything that I just read, so I make myself go back and read it again. And on those days when things are falling that way, a lot of times I have to read the same paragraph five, six, seven, eight, nine times before I get it. So some days I don't get very far. Other days it's like all of heaven is open and everything in the book is really easy to understand and I'm zooming through. But I don't care how fast I go through. It's just that I'm doing this. I'm positioning myself to hear from from God through his written word. Position yourself. Make yourself available to receive what God wants to say to you. And he'll speak to you through his word. He'll guide your life through his word. And the Bible says that the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. Now listen, when we're desperate to find out what to do, and we're desperate to find out how to react to what's going on around us, you need a word from the Lord. So many times it's come to me from the written word 
Other times, it's been rhema, a living word that came to me via the Holy Spirit who spoke to me. But I'm going to have to have that word. A long time ago, a Roman jailer asked the important question to the Apostle Paul, what must I do to be saved? Paul's answer was immediate and to the point, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. We have to realize that our sin separates us from God, and the Bible teaches us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what did God do about this? He made it simple. Scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and And whosoever believes on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you'll just take a moment and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Accept him as your Savior, resolving your mind to make him Lord of your life and follow him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength as long as you live. If you've made a decision for Christ today, we would love to hear from you and send you a free Bible. Send us a message to info at GrenadaChurch.com. Thank you once again for listening to The Power of the Cross. If you have prayer requests, questions, or comments, email us at radio at GrenadaChurch.com or send them to the Lighthouse at P.O. Box 2441, Grenada, Mississippi, 38902. That's P.O. Box 2441, Grenada, Mississippi, 38902. God bless you and have a wonderful week.